0: So the title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is Keep Your Eyes on the Shepherd. Keep Your Eyes on the Shepherd. Please say that with me. Keep Your Eyes on the Shepherd. How many of you think that that is very important, that we need to do that right now at this point in our lives? I believe it's hugely important. And I'd like to begin by asking you a question as I just kind of apply this and set the stage for what we're sharing. And this is my question to you. What are you focusing on right now? What are you focusing on right now? Where are your eyes focused on? Where is the affection of your heart set? What is consuming your mind? What are you meditating on? Where are your eyes right now? Are you perhaps focused on the shepherd, the good shepherd, the loving shepherd, the shepherd of your soul? Are you focused on the virus? Are you focused on the daily infection statistics and it is priority number one? You must know exactly what's happening. Are you focused on the vaccine rollout? and you put all your hope in there, and you think that everything is gonna be better when more people are vaccinated. I wanna tell you it appears that even though there may be many more people that will be vaccinated, that it will not be the ultimate solution. We don't know. Are your eyes and is your focus on the government at this point in time? Are you focusing on South Africa's difficulties? Boy, oh boy, that is a way in which we can fast be discouraged, focusing on the difficulties. Or you may be focused in your own world on financial survival. That's all that it's about for you right now. Or perhaps you are unable to focus on anything. (laughs) You feel like your mind's all over the place. You're freaked out. You can't even focus. Well, let's take a look at Psalm 23, would you with me? If you have your Bible, please open it to Psalm 23, because as we read Psalm 23, I believe we can learn from the focus of David's heart. We can learn from him and apply that to our lives. And By the way, Psalm 23 is a psalm of tremendous encouragement. So many people love this psalm, maybe say that it's a favorite psalm. Certainly, it is one of the most well known psalms in the Bible. And I would say this it is the most beautiful psalm in the Bible. So let's read it Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. It's just six verses long. I'm not going to rush through it, but I want it to filter into our hearts. Here it starts Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I need to repeat that, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, and the translations say lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He leads me beside the still waters. Yet another picture, still waters. He restores my soul. How many of you are grateful that those words are in the Bible? He restores my soul. (laughs) Because we need his restoration. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Some of you say, well, it's so difficult to do what is right and so on. But the shepherd of your soul leads you in the paths of what is right and righteous. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's what we need to be saying right now. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even though there are things coming against me, in the midst of all of that, there's this provision of a table where you can even be feasting and the enemy cannot touch you and it's rubbed in their face, so to speak. You anoint my head with oil. Thank you, Jesus. And listen to this, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness, everybody say goodness. And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, you've got to agree. The word of God is beautiful, isn't it? So beautiful. And uh, I was just thinking, having read this psalm, what if you focused specifically and intentionally on the shepherds? What if you focused on his presence, his grace, his love, his comfort, his goodness? I want to tell you, if you are to focus on the good shepherd, it can dramatically affect your well-being. Some people are listening to me today and you know that your soul is in a mess. Your soul is out of sorts. Even though you love God, you have this difficulty going on inside of you. And I believe that God can come right into that situation through the power of his word and restore you and bring back to you that sense of divine and godly order because I believe that we should have the same, uh, that that, that same peace that is reigning and ruling in God because he is peace should rule and reign in our hearts. Can I get an Amen. So, four things I want to share based on this. Number one, this is important appreciate the wonder of the Lord as your loving shepherd. Appreciate the wonder of the Lord as your loving shepherd. And verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd. Won't you say that with me? The Lord is my shepherd. Say it again with emphasizing my. The Lord is my shepherd. He is mine. (laughs) This is not something that we experience at some far out distance, knowing it theologically, but not understanding it. No, this is a living reality for children of God that he's my shepherd, that I personally experience his shepherding. Let me ask you this have you ever consciously allowed yourself to be shepherded by God listen to this statement the extent to which you receive his shepherding is the extent to which you will enjoy his shepherding very interesting and so I believe that maybe some of us are experiencing a greater degree of the shepherding of God in our lives because we desire it, because we lean into it, because we long for it. I want to just make it clear, every single child of God, Elkascarpi, every sheep in the kingdom of God experiencing God's, experiences God's shepherding, undoubtedly. But I believe that there are those of us that lead into that and actually really make it a focus of our lives that we draw into God's shepherding, His loving shepherding, and we experience more of that reality, that dimension in our lives. I've discovered that some people, they love being in the driver's seat. In the way they live their lives, they want to be in charge They wanna be in control and they struggle with this idea of yielding over control to the shepherd. It's difficult for them. You know, some people maybe, uh, especially people perhaps who have been adopted or those who grew up and never knew their parents, they may find this especially difficult, why? Because they've grown up in life having to fend for themselves. They've had to fight to get everything. They've had to fight to keep themselves safe. And uh, as a result, they are used to fending for themselves. But here's the thing. When you come into a relationship with the shepherd, he fends for you. (laughs) He fights for you. He fights battles for you. And so you can give up this whole thing of, I've got to try it in my own strength. I've got to try be this good Christian. I've got to try be more righteous. No, we look at His righteousness and what He's done for us, and we realize that He has won the fights for us. And so now what we do is we lean into the reality, and we just realize that He has won paid the price, he's made everything available and so as a shepherd, I lean on him, his ability, his righteousness, his provision in my life. And so I want to say this, that the good shepherd desires to lovingly shepherd your soul today. And as the shepherd of your soul, I have good news for you that he knows you inside and out. He knows the number of hairs on your head He knows when you sit or when you rise, he perceives your thoughts from afar. And he knows how to meet you at the point of your need. Sometimes even somebody very close to you, maybe your husband and wife or or wife can uh, meet certain needs, but there's certain deep down needs within your heart that only the shepherd of your soul knows how to meet you right at that exact point of your need. And uh, I discovered a beautiful scripture that illustrates this point. And it says in Isaiah 40, verse 11, I'll just read it to you. It says, he, this is speaking of God, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. Here's the shepherd in picture. And by the way, the shepherd in picture is not only in the Psalms. It's not only in Isaiah. It's not only in the gospel. It is a theme that we see right throughout the word of God. It says, he... Will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. Do you see this beautiful picture of the loving shepherd? And then it ends with this and it says, And he will gently lead those who are with young. You know what I believe that speaks about? It speaks about the the young mother with little kids. You know what? Sometimes in those early years when you've got you know kids, and maybe you've got an 18-month-old and a three and a half year old. I want to tell you, sometimes life is crazy then. You cannot even see the wood for the trees. You so you never get to rest enough, and and sometimes you, you love your kids like crazy, but sometimes you feel like you want to turn their necks, you know. It can be really hard being a mom, it can. But you know what? I wanna say to moms that are in that situation, young moms, don't put yourself under pressure. You know why? Because the good shepherd doesn't put you under pressure. He's there to meet you at the point of your need, and he says he will gently lead those that are worth young. And so this means that you can know that God is gently leading you in the season when with little kids, it can be so difficult. But this tells me, that God knows how to lead us in every season of our lives. If you're a student at varsity, he knows how to lead you there. If you're somebody old and gray with lots of silver hair, God knows how to lead you in that season. If you're a teenager and you're trying to find somebody in your life, God knows how to lead you in that season. Now, let me just say this. I think that we need to realize that sheep need shepherding. And in the same way, I'm talking physical sheep, in the same way we need shepherding. Now, let me mention this. A bunch of years back, uh, Mundry and I and Jason and Michael, we were visiting my parents-in-law. They have a farm in Western Australia, about an hour and a half north of Perth. They farm with table grapes. And then they also have a couple of sheep, you know? Just, uh, that's not the big focus for them. The, The table grapes is the focus. But they also farm with a couple of sheep. And so the one day we had to now you know, get all the sheep, there's about 100 of them, get them into this paddock and then get them into this crush where it gets narrower and narrower and then the sheep come into this little area and that's where we had to now give the sheep their medicine. And um, by the way, just uh, on a little side note, I remember there was a guy nearby farmer and he was so good at counting sheep because they they run through and you just count them, count them, count them. And the one day I was with this guy and he was counting sheep. And uh, I said to him, Brian, uh, how do you do it? And he's a real Aussie bloke. And he says, well, it's easy. You just count all the feet and you divide them by four. And then you know how many sheep you've got. Anyhow, so here we are, and we've got the sheep into this crush. We've got our rain jackets on. It's raining and so on, and we've got to give the sheep the medicine. And you've got like this gun thing that you put in their mouth, and you squirt the medicine, and then some of it runs out, and the sheep are like, and uh, and, on top of this all, they are not well behaved. And then the one is jumping on top of the other, and then the one is kicking the other. i got a couple of kicks in the process, and, and I realized that these animals have to be helped. Otherwise, they cannot fend for themselves. Isn't that just how it is in our walk with God? And God, our good shepherd, he knows how to shepherd our souls. And one of the most sensible things that you and I can do in life is to allow his loving shepherding. Number two, your shepherd brings rest and restoration. Your Shepherd brings rest and restoration. It says verse two and verse three, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And you know what? I'm so grateful that God restores our souls. Why? Because we need it. Regularly, Maybe you're facing a stress at work and you come home and you realize, oh God, I need you to restore my soul and God just does that as only he can do. You know, this aspect of restoring the soul just reminds me of something that happened on Friday here at the church. During our staff devotions, one of the pastors explained and shared that he had been through a couple of things. It was about three weeks ago and uh, this left him feeling really overwhelmed it had been this situation and this challenge and this and that and the next thing. And and also in his flock, in his congregation, there had been a couple of people that had died quickly, uh, one after the other. And I want to tell you, sometimes it's tough being a pastor. And you're working with people and you're carrying them in some of these deepest times of their lives. And And so, uh, through all of this, there was one night where where this pastor, he just began to weep before the Lord, and he felt, like, overwhelmed in the moment. He, like, looked at his wife and didn't even recognize his wife. He was so distraught in his heart. I want to tell you, sometimes, that can be the reality that we face, but... He then began to put his focus on the shepherd. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. And this was now about two weeks later. He's sharing in the devotions. And you can see there's victory in his heart because God restores our souls. You could be in a place where he was feeling emotionally distraught right now. And I wanna tell you that he gives rest and he gives restoration. Hallelujah! He restores our souls. And by the way, the green pastures don't necessarily refer to food. It more likely refers to rest because sheep don't eat while they lie down. That's a fact. When sheep eat, they're walking around. They're busy grazing and foraging and so on. But the green pastures actually speaks of rest. When the sheep, after having eaten, now they rest. And this just shows you that this is what God wants to bring you. He wants to bring you rest. And it says in the Amplified Bible, it says, He refreshes and restores my soul. Point number three, your shepherd is with you in the valley of deep darkness. Please say the words with you. Say that a bit louder, with you. You see, your shepherd is with you, and I wanna emphasize those two words, with you. In the valley of deep darkness, verse four of our chapter, of our psalm says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that doesn't sound too exciting, does it? (laughs) I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know what, folks? At some point in our lives, we will probably all face the valley of the shadow of death. It may be your own life as you are drawing to a close and you know you don't have much time left. You begin to face that valley and that shadow. It might be with the passing of a loved one that you experience, sure, this is, this is what it's like, the valley of the shadow of death. I know that there's some people listening to me, you've never, ever lost a loved one in your family. Uh, the loss of a loved one is so foreign, but yet there's so many people that you understand this thing of the valley of the shadow of death, but also theologians seem to agree that this could refer to uh, difficulties that we go through in our lives, not only the death factor. But I just want to remind you, in terms of the valley of the shadow of death, I want to remind you that where there is a shadow, there must be light, otherwise, there cannot be a shadow. And so sometimes the shadow seems to be so overwhelming, but I wanna ask you, look for the light behind that peering out, because Jesus is the light of the world and He has promised to be with you in whatever situations you face. And so I wanna encourage people that are maybe distraught in their hearts today, I wanna say that He is with you. No matter what you're facing, you've gotta hear the heart of the Good Shepherd today. He says, I'm with you, I am with you, I am with you. And the crucial words that you have to hear in this is, you are with me. Are you facing a severe illness at this point in time? I wanna tell you, he is with you. Some of the people, the uh, uh, well-read theologians suggest that David actually wrote this psalm to praise God, After a period of serious illness. Wow. And so here he had seen God's faithfulness. And then he declares, you know what? My God is faithful. Even though I've been through this valley, you have been with me, Lord. Are you facing the death of a dream? He is with you. Are you facing unfair treatment? I want to tell you that he is with you. Are you facing tremendous pressure in your life right now? I wanna tell you that he is with you. Are you facing heartache in terms of a relationship that you are in? Maybe it's so painful, it's so difficult. I wanna encourage you today and say that the good shepherd says to you, keep your eyes on me because I am with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the comfort of the shepherd. Praise God. And you know, there's a man by the name of St. John of the Cross. St. John of the Cross is, uh, he was a 16th century believer. He loved the Lord. And he coined this phrase called the dark night of the soul. And some years ago, I remember hearing this phrase. I think I was listening to Focus on the Family and I heard this phrase, the dark night of the soul, which is sometimes where the valley of the shadow of death can seem so difficult that you even begin to doubt God or you feel that God has betrayed you. And it is not uncommon that people can even come to that place in the dark night of the soul. And he used it to describe when hardships have been so severe, you've been enduring hardships, but it is a time, actually, he called it of discovering God in a deeper way. We don't understand all these things and all the wisdom with which God works, but I wanna tell you, he will never waste a good crisis in your life, and neither should you, because God can use these crises, these, deep, uh, these dark nights of the soul. He can use it to bring forth gold in your life. He can use it. And so it's conceivable that we could all face the dark night of the soul at some point in life. But remember, this is what you need to keep in mind, that God is with me. Even though I pass through this, God is with me. Come on, child of God, God is with me. And that is the living reality. And so listen to this, Isaiah 43 verse 2, and listen for the words, with you. It says, when you pass, this is God speaking to you, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Say, with you. I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. Basically, there's a little picture of different situations that we may go through, and God is saying, it doesn't matter if it's the water or the streams or whatever or the the fire or the scorching, it will not defeat you because I'm with you. I am your loving shepherd. Point number four, your shepherd will make his goodness, your testimony. Say that with me, please. Your shepherd will make his goodness your testimony. I wanna ask you, is there anybody here today that you can, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can testify and say, I have experienced the goodness of God in my life. Raise a hand if that's you. You say, I've experienced it. Many hands going up here. And I believe that this is the reality because it's what God's word says will happen. And it says in verse five and six, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, and here we go. Surely, what's the next word? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In 2018, a song came out, which began to go like wildfire around the church, around the world, the church around the world, and it's the song, Goodness of God. And the words are like this, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. What does that mean? It means the goodness has become a testimony and you begin to sing and declare the goodness of God in your life. And many times when we sing that song in church, we find that people begin to sing even more so from their hearts. Why? Because believers know that this is the reality, that God is faithful to his word and that his goodness does in fact become our testimony. And so I wanna say, let me just recap for a moment. We've been talking about keep your eyes on the shepherd. Number one, appreciate the wonder of the Lord as your loving shepherd. Number two, your shepherd brings rest and restoration. He restores your soul. Number three, your shepherd is with you In the valley of deep darkness, and when you face the dark night of the soul, you have to know that He is with you, that there is another man in the fire in Jesus' name. And number four, your shepherd will make His goodness to be your testimony. What a powerful song! What refreshing and and refreshment and encouragement from the Word of God. And I want to end off with these words. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. Child of God, don't keep your eyes on the virus, on the troubles in the land, on the situation, on the difficulty, on the heartbreak. I want to appeal to you under the anointing of the Spirit of God. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. Keep your eyes on your shepherd. Keep your eyes on your shepherd. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are just indescribably awesome. You are the love of our lives, and we worship you, and we bless your name, Father. And we just want to declare, Lord, that where we may have taken our focus off of you, we are sorry for that. We now fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on you, Lord, our good shepherd, And I thank you, Lord, that you love on us, that you care for us, and that you guide us, and that you shepherd us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.